Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, joined today my occasional co-host, Caleb Phillips. Uh, this is show number two for him. We have Caleb and Pat jumping on to help us throughout the year, and it's been a, a fantastic addition. If you aren't sure, if you remember last week's show, you have definitely already seen Caleb's work is through the Locked on Indians podcast or podcast Twitter handle. So, uh, thanks for joining me again today, Caleb. I do want to give a like a editor's note ahead of time. We are recording this on Saturday, so we're just going to talk about Friday's game and then talk about some double A stuff. But uh, Caleb, thanks for joining me. Absolutely happy to be here. Let's talk some Indians. What a game last night! Let's just start with that. Yeah, you know, between the pitching, specifically Quantrell, between the hitting, which was away after a few games where it was not the case. Everyone was getting the show, you know, a piece of something. The only guy who did not reach base in the entire game was uh, was Owen Miller. There was even that Ernie Clement play, which is probably going to be one of the top five defensive plays of the year for the Cleveland Indians. Of all of the things that happened, what were you most focused on in this one? Oh, definitely my guy, uh, Cal Quantrill. I was, I was super high on, on Quantrill coming into the season, really liked his... Uh, his stuff thought he had a shot to be, you know, a back end starter didn't happen. And, and now he's showing that stuff that made him a first round pick all those, uh, all those years ago. And I mean, I just love the sinker sinker usage up in the zone with the, uh, the fastball sinker and really getting a lot of whiffs there and doing a great job with the sinker. Uh, he threw 35 times, didn't give up a single hit last night. So it was really effective for him against the Tigers lineup. I think Quantrell is a classic example of why, like I, I got so many people got so mad at me this offseason. I'm like, spring training does not matter. Do not get obsessed with spring training stats. Nothing good will come of it. And you go back and you look at our spring training stars like Logan Allen and the like. Spring training is essentially the reason why. I mean, I think most of us thought that Quantrell would be in the rotation. And he wasn't. He had a bad spring. So due to a bad spring, he doesn't come out as a starter. He's a reliever. But since he's emerged in this starter role, I was just pulling up the, the data here. And it's only two starts. But he hasn't given up an earned run in August. He His last five starts, he's given up one or less runs. The last time he gave up more than three runs was in June, which is very similar to when I was talking about Eli Morgan and his progression as a starter in terms mm-hmm. of giving up runs. But yeah, I, right now, Quantrell feels like the classic example of like, okay, we put too much value in spring training. This is a player, I always go back to draft stuff because of my own background mm-hmm. you know if he hadn't been hurt at stanford he had talked to be the top overall player leading into his draft year he didn't pitch at all his junior year rumored that he could have come back at the end but he shut it down because he had a deal and the deal was at the padres bait and you go top eight unless you have you know a good amount of ceiling or potential uh to at least be like a number two number three type he was just awesome last night I, I, mm-hmm. And for everyone to be like, it's the Tigers. No, don't you can't use that anymore. The Tigers are not a bad team. They have taken steps forward. They have a lot of interesting players in their lineup. You know, former Indian Eric Haas is kind of the breakout, but Shoop is having a fantastic year. Candel- Candelario has been a great add. Robbie Grossman was one of the best additions uh, any team made in free agency. This is not a weak offensive team. It's a solid average team. The Tigers are solidly average, and Quantrell pitched the way he did. If you missed it, well, I'm sorry. Seven innings, 10 strikeouts, four hits, no walks. I mean, he was incredibly efficient. Over those seven innings, 98 pitches. That's just hyper-efficient. That's ERA down to 3.14. He is just an absolute star in this one. I mentioned Clement's big play. 
not only did he have that play, he went three for four tonight. He had a double in that game as well. And things back to the offseason uh, when I was doing video stuff and I had Adam Lieberman on, who used to be in charge of media relations for the Rubber Ducks and before that worked for the Braves. Really good dude. Uh, Clement was his sleeper because he's like, he's going to be a major league player. He's a utility guy. He has his ups and downs and playing every day hasn't been the best role necessarily for him. But what a day for Clement. That play, I don't think Jose Ramirez could make it. Not a knock on Jose, but... To the arm yeah. strength, the quickness to get there. I mean, that was something special. Absolutely. I mean, Clement's just a uh, a great athlete. I mean, you can see that just him moving all over the diamond and his movements on the field. He's a, he's a great athlete, and he could really handle any infield position uh, if they needed him to. He's done done pretty well at third and second. So that was that was a, an unbelievable play, and obviously followed up with the bat, as you were mentioning as well. So great night for him. In terms of other guys, it was a great day is that stood out. Uh, in this one, uh, Miles Straw, three-hit game, mm-hmm. stolen base, is 19th of the year. At this point in time, I mean, I'm still, is it surprising to you at all that a team gave up on it? I mean, not necessarily gave up, but it still does not feel equal to me to have traded Maton, whom was, if you are a Maton fan, you would still say he was probably the third to fourth best reliever on this team. And catcher, who's really a first baseman, who's hitting very well, but is in low A, mm-hmm. to get this player who, I mean, defensively wow and then just what he's done with his uh his speed and uh ability to make contact yeah i mean i i was really happy with when i found out about that trade i mean we talked a little about it last week you know that's someone that's going to be on the major league roster you know whether it's starting center fielder or you know as a fourth outfielder and and he really plays some great defense and maybe he can uh move into that leadoff role here moving forward but you know, I don't know what Houston's, uh, you know, depth situation is in the outfield. Obviously, losing Springer allowed Straw to get to the center field role this year. But, you know, I'm not sure who's what they're going with next. But, you know, that uh, great return. And, and like I said, we, we talked a little about it last week, but I'm definitely very happy with that personally. And, uh, yeah, I like I'd like to see what they uh, do with them moving forward. And then I don't want anyone to accuse me of uh, pushing a narrative here. So, yes, I have been very rough on Harold Ramirez and Bobby Bradley of late, but also a lot of credit to them in this one. Bobby Bradley, two hits is great. One of the better things about this was zero strikeouts. I can't remember the last time I saw him. I'll have to dig it up. Last time he had a game without a strikeout. It's felt like since it turned to August, at least, he's averaging two a game. Uh, It's been rough on him of late. I know he got thrown out at home. I believe it was at home in this one. Kill, I think, was the player who threw him out. And Harold Ramirez, you know, I've... Everyone's been kind of calling for the end of Bradley Zimmer, the end of Oscar Mercado. While those players might have their issues, I feel like Ramirez is not at necessarily head and shoulders ahead of them right now. But this was, you know, the two hits in here. And it's just, I talked about it on the show a bit on Friday. The danger when your one tool is a hit tool is you can go ice, ice cold. And if you don't walk, you don't have power and you're not a great defender then the valuation of what you can bring is a lot lower. It's been a rough time for Ramirez of late. Uh, If you're curious, Bobby Bradley's last game without a strikeout was July 24th. He also did it on the 21st. If you want to go back for three games, it's July 8th. So it's a rare. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, for two guys that I have not been as high on as the field, uh, I think there's a strong performance by them in this one as well. Absolutely. Uh, You know, really just great offensive game from team all around, as you mentioned before, Owen Miller. You know, the only player without without getting on base, but but still, you know, get to see these young guys like Clement, Straw, uh, Bradley, you know, continue to, to figure things out and to make adjustments as the season goes along, you know. And that's something that 
you want in these last couple of months, you want these young guys that might be on the team next year in similar roles to be able to adjust over 162, you know, and uh, be able to take on any role that, that they're presented with next year. Most definitely. So we, you know, I mentioned Bobby Bradley. We have to comment. I want to quickly, quickly make sure I have it correctly that he has a knee injury. Uh, I don't think we have seen a corresponding roster move or exactly what's going to happen with his knee. That's why he left the game early to kind of twinge it there after, you know, he's having that really strong game. Uh, nothing has been announced to correspond other than the fact that he has a knee injury. We have more information. We'll have more to talk about. Gut feel is it's probably going to be like a short-term DL move just to be safe rather than sorry. And then it also opens up an easy way to get uh, Jimenez up with the team. The other roster move of note is uh, Roberto Perez. He just can't stay healthy. I can't be the only person who earlier this year, you know, saw his tweet about the only thing he needs to stay healthy is his immune system. And all I could think now is like, I don't know if I want to trust your immune system, dude. You get hurt every month and a half. It feels like he has not had a healthy season since he just become a starter. Catcher is a wear and tear position, but if you're going to make some bold claims, you better be able to back it up. <laughs> Controversial take for me. He's hurt and Ramos is getting called up. If you listen to Friday's show, I mentioned I thought there was one open room on the 40 man. So this does go into that spot. They don't have to move anything around. You specifically make that call because if you have to cut him later when you're juggling Bieber and Savali, hopefully come back and pitch. And I don't say hopefully like it's going to help the team this much this year. I just don't want major arm surgery. Like if there's some talk that Bieber may not be back at the end of the month, you go all the way back to when the injury broke and I'm like, Oh, the way this was reported makes me nervous. And a lot of people know, and I'm like, yeah, when it's kind of general like that, it, again, I spent too much time covering college baseball. I always like the guys in college baseball who hurt their knee and they need Tommy John surgery. Uh, college baseball kind of uh, for not being the most on those, but yeah, I'm getting off topic from the game, but just wanted to mention the roster moves. Ramos will come up back up for now. And we assume between the time we record this podcast, the next recording that there'll be some kind of roster move. I'm curious to see if they let Miller play first or if they shift things around in any way, shape or form, but yeah, it's going to be something to watch. We should mention those two before we, Take our quick first break here for a ad sponsor. Our first sponsor today is BuiltBar.com. So I just put in a new order over at Built Bar. Couldn't wait. I had to try the new Rocky Road flavor, and I also tried orange. Unfortunately, they are out of the grasshopper fudge and the toffee almond. I did a two-box order. I used the promo code LOCKED15 because that is the same discount I would get as a returning customer. And then the nice thing was I built up my Built Box. On this last order, I've made enough orders. I spent, saved $10 in Built Box. Go to BuiltBar.com, check out the flavors. I'm also getting a free mini cooler to transport my bars in. So that's that's a nice bonus. I just, like I said, it's a product I've been buying for over a year because I enjoy it. It is healthy for me. It is all the way programmed in my health food app. So it's not just that it's 150 calories. It gets a good grade. It gets a good grade because it is healthy for you. So go to BuiltBar.com. Trust me. It's a fantastic product. It tastes great. It's good for you. What more do you need when you get that combination? It doesn't happen often. So go to BuiltBar.com today. With our kind of conversation of that first game going through, hopefully we'll see if the, I correctly said the Indians will lose the next three against Toronto. Maybe not a happy thing to be right about, but I did pick them to win the series against the Tigers. So we'll see if they can, I can go two for two in these last two series. With us, like I said, we're doing a little bit early here. We said we talked some double A rubber ducks because that's where you were with IBI for most of this year, right? And that was kind of your primary yeah. holding spot. 
Yeah, so I was uh, getting out to three or four games a week for, for Akron over these last couple of months. And, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And, I mean, just a great team to watch. So many so many great stories uh, coming from that level and just a lot of guys that really no one expected anything of playing great and getting themselves promoted to AAA. So. Now, uh, before – did you get to see Lavastida play there at all? No, I did not. I did not. But uh, I, no. all the uh, guys down in Lake County were able to see him, or up in Lake County, I should say. Three guy and runs Creative Plus for Akron this year is, is a player – uh, Oscar Gonzalez, obviously, if you are listening, uh, who is a conundrum to me. I don't know how to evaluate him. He's 40-man eligible, but he may not be added. He's he's kind of the Indian's profile in a way because he's a contact guy with big power, which, I mean, typically doesn't go with the contact profile. Doesn't strike out a ton for his power. Doesn't walk much. Once went like a month without walking. Uh, why don't you talk about Oscar Gonzalez? Yeah, yeah. I think that what kind of ha- has separated him is just the quality of contact. He's really... He's really done a great job. I mean, if, when he puts the ball in play, he hits it hard. So, like you said, it's really hard to evaluate him because, you know, he just doesn't walk a lot. It's just a weird profile. And, you know, his other trait is defensively he's not he's not really great. His arm has improved. He's got some outfield assists this year. But someone really hard to evaluate. But from the eye test, he's just an absolute joy to watch. I mean, just hitting the ball hard almost every game. And, and if there was a, a, a clutch situation – it felt like he came through with a home run or a big hit almost every time. So it was a lot of fun watching him and someone that, you know, I think could be a potential major league baseball player at some point in his career, maybe not putting the numbers up he's putting now, but could put up respectable numbers to major league level. Very interesting. Another guy that you may not have gotten to see a ton of because he was hurt and joined kind of late that I wanted to ask about who's just performing like a madman is is Steve Kwan. He's not someone who's going to pass the eye test. I feel like he's, Five eight, five nine, but what he's doing offensively down there has been something to watch. You know, how does he handle center field defense? He was like an Oregon State guy, so you know he comes from a big program. What is he? How is he getting the most out of a guy you typically look at and think, oh, there's there's not going to be as great an opportunity for? Yeah, so I mean, defensively, he's, he's looked solid. Didn't get to see him too much in center field, but you know, it's a big park at uh, Canal Park, and he looked solid. You know, covering a lot of ground out there throughout the time I was able to see him, but just offensively, really, I think he's done a great job of using the pole side. You know, he's a smaller guy, so he's not going to have popped all fields. His, his pop's probably going to be to his pole side. And he's done a great job this year of, uh, of sticking with that pole side. Um, and really to really access his power. I mean, at this point in the season, he's got, he's got four home runs, three triples and six doubles. So he's really, you know, using his, the the whatever limited power he has uh, very very effectively so maybe he gets an uptick in that grade here moving forward but uh definitely someone that i think could be uh a major league outfielder as well moving forward and the fun because i didn't mention it yes he is rule five eligible and a good eye there you know you're talking about being a pool hitter i just went and pulled up the data highest pool percentage of his career he's up to 43 percent before that he'd been about 37 taking a little from center and a little from opposite but he is He's leaning into that. It's a good eye by you that you got that. That is definitely seems to be part of his expanded profile. Guy to talk about, another Rule 5 eligible, I think, is Will Benson, who I want to say hit the game winner last night or at least hit a home run yeah. last night. I, I didn't get a chance to – I saw the email from Marco, but I didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to read too in-depth. He has – you know, I've talked about on the show, Benson, I, again, I don't know if these first three guys are slam dunk 40-man ads. 
but they've all massively raised their profile. And Benson's really kind of raised his from the ashes. He's a large, there may not be two polar opposite outfielders than Steve Kwan <laughs> and Will Benson, yeah. but they're two next to each other would be a sight yeah. to see. What do you, what do you see with Will this year? What's, you know, any yeah. chance to talk about him? Do you talk about what's changed or what's going on? He's by all accounts, one of the nicest human beings you could meet, one of the hardest workers. Oh, yeah. What's, what's broken through for him? Yeah. I, I don't really know if anything's changed too much for him. I, I think the, what's been big for him, I think he's always been really a guy who gets on base, but I mean, just his on base profile this year has just been absurd. He's walked 53 times in 200. Uh, he has 232 at bats. There's 72 games, 53 walks. This is 377 on base off of a 224 average. So you may be thinking, uh, I don't know if that plays. Well, he's got a 500 slugging. So he's hit 14 home runs, 12 doubles, and five triples. He's also stolen 13 bags. So if that if that sort of statistical alignment even somewhat translates to major league, that's that's a very useful player. Probably someone. Probably he's probably someone that would struggle against left-handed pitching in the big leagues, um, being a left-handed batter, but he really, really works deep in accounts. He's been more selective. He's got a solid eye, but working deep in accounts has also led to that just a uh, huge strikeout rate. He's got 92 strikeouts through 72 games. So obviously that's something that he should try and cut down on, but I mean, the power is there, the, the on base is there and the defense, he's a very strong defender. He could play all three spots in the outfield is there. So, you know, that's somebody that, definitely has a role on a major league team at some point uh, and it'd be interesting to see how I imagine he'll be in triple A next show. It'll be interesting to see how he does there. See, he's just a big guy, maybe the strongest arm in the system. It, you talking about him made me go look up George Valera, who's uh -huh. the 20 year old in high A because they're both walking. Benson's walking at 18%, Valera at 17.8%. Now Valera is only striking out at 20% of the time as opposed to Benson's <laughs> 31. That's, you know, yeah. a big separator. Benson probably has, I think of the future, a, a positional defensive value there. But for as much as we tend to uh, ding Benson, there's a case now. I mean, I, listen, I was as bad as any. When I wrote him off, I called him a non-prospect a year ago. That is not true. I, he is, you know, whatever he's done, he has done and, and good on him for that. I have to ask you about the player who's really, though, caught my attention down there. Well, not down there anymore, which is, you know, I've called him the story of the year, which is... Uh, Richie Palacios. I keep, I probably said his last name wrong again. No, but again, for a guy who essentially almost went from Townsend, not a big college, to double A. I mean, so little in between to go that jump to excel. I know if you go look at his numbers, he's a little bit above average in, in, in Columbus so far, but it's early. Like, it's, it's a very small sample size. What he did is just, uh, it's unheard of. Yeah. No, he, he was awesome. I mean, awesome to cover. Just a great guy to talk to. Really really energetic, um, you know, intangibly, you know, energetic, just a guy who's going to get everyone, you know, up in the dugout. I mean, and, and really bring up the energy on any team, but I mean, the, well, you know, we've talked a lot about, or, and I know you have as well, the profile the Indians look for, and that's the contact high on base profile. And, and that, I mean, that's just him. I mean, 299 average, 399 on base in, in Akron this year, you know, that's someone who's, walking 33 times almost as many as he struck out 42 so that's that's just really hard to beat um you know at least in, in terms of a profile and he's got speed and he, they've been moving him around the outfield so really interesting to see if that that you know gets in the majors quicker and he's and that's one thing he talked about personally was you know I, i'm all for whatever's going to get me in the majors if that's playing the outfield you know he's all for it. And, and just someone that you know i think can can really be a uh 
a good player at the next level. I mean, there's a lot to like in, in his profile. Yeah, it's, for me, it's just a fascination. Like guys typically stumble with missed time and injury, yeah. and he nothing he did was a stumble. At the beginning of the year, I, I listed him as a maybe add to the Rule 5. Like he was 13th on the list just because he hadn't played, and what he's done has been phenomenal. We're going to take another quick commercial break. I'm going to ask about one pitcher I have not asked you about so far this year. I'm going to come back and just, you know, maybe ask you about who are your favorite guys we haven't talked about, any sleepers or helium guys that we, we might be missing. But first, let's take a moment and talk about Bet Online. For those who are not familiar, Bet Online is the official one of our biggest sponsors and partners. If we give you a line, it comes from betonline.ag. And they have so many things there. Now, I am not the most knowledgeable in the area of online gambling. That's why I often go and read the Indians line. Maybe, though, you should be taking some advice from me as I've now four for four in games picked. I, I should be taking advantage over at Bet Online myself, huh? Right now, they have upcoming sports. They have an, all sorts of NFL mega contests, risk-free player props, a Bitcoin boost if you opt in now, live betting. I've talked about you can bet on political elections. If there is something you want to bet, in, bet on, you'll find it over at BetOnline.ag. And remember when you go there, you their promo code is locked on. So locked 15 was built bar. Locked on is bet online. I had confusion with the, my own order because I read these ads so much. So in this case, you want to do locked on to get a 50% bonus. That is the highest bonus on anything we have ever given. That is 50% over at betonline.ag. Uh, anything you can imagine, you can find it there. Go check it out for yourself. So I did want to ask about another pitcher. Bothered you a little bit about Miklachak mm -hmm. uh, last week. who just got activated today. I don't think I mentioned that Pilkington and Batenfield were sent down there. Uh, Pilkington yep. had a had a decent debut. Uh, yeah, nine strikeouts. Yeah, five innings, nine strikeout. <laughs> Barely walked anyone. It was it was pretty good. I think it was like one walk. Yeah, he he was good in his debut, but he, and he currently has the highest xFIP down there and the highest FIP. If you listen to the show, I don't like xFIP because I think home run rates should not be normalized because some players are more prone. Number two though is someone who really wasn't on my like he was on my radar, but was not on my radar is a Rule Five protector piece, and now likely will be might see him even this year because he needs to be. And that's Francisco Perez had been a starter in the lower minors was like an interesting athletic lefty, but convert him to a reliever this year. And honestly, like I wasn't even looking at him. I was not paying attention until almost June where it's like, okay, I have to start paying attention. Can you tell people about Francisco Perez who right now might be the number two relief prospect in the entire system? Yeah, he's really interesting arm. Um, I think first what helped the most moving from uh, started to pen. He talked about this when I spoke with him back in June is just, obviously he, he's been able to tick up his velocity as most guys do when, when moving from starting role to um, the pen. Um, so he's about mid nineties, gotten up to 95 from what I've seen and up to 96 from what others have told me as well. And just a, a good slider, interesting arm slot. I, I would liken it a little bit to Brad Hand's arm slot, kind of a similar deliver, delivery there. But someone who's been able to utilize his fastball up in the zone, his breaking stuff off it extremely well. And, yeah, he was dominant in Akron. When he came in the game, it was multi-innings every time. In 11 games, he had 27 innings pitched. So he there were some outings where he went up to four innings pitched and was just dominant. I mean, 27 innings, 46 strikeouts is just – Absurd. Those are Karinchek-like numbers. 
for for the minors and it's translated to Columbus. I mean, he's got a one nine six and in, in eighteen innings there and uh, twenty five strikeouts in in those eighteen innings as well. So just someone that I think really benefited from you know, going to the pen and just simplifying it. And, and a lot of guys have done on the majors and sometimes it's just just the key for some guys and, and that seemed to be the key for him. You know, I think I saw somewhere it's, you don't draft relievers, you draft starters and they become relievers because it's it's something ridiculously high, like 70, 80 percent of all relievers were like starters for a time in the minors. The other guy to ask about who's just an interesting arm. I don't know if he's ever going to get it together is Juan Mota, who I think has also been moved up. Yeah. But just in terms of yeah. stuff, control is a, is a huge issue. But in terms of stuff, yeah. his stuff is. I mean, w- would you put it in that same class with Perez and uh, Miklachok? Yeah. I mean, when Moda had it going, he looked like he was untouchable. I mean, touching triple digits. And it was – it's always hard to tell in the minors. You jump in the press box, you can't always mm-hmm. see. But he was working in a uh, – something in the mid-90s, which I wasn't sure at the time. And after looking back, apparently it's, it's some sort of splitter. And about 93, 94 with the splitter. And it just – just falling off the table and, and a slider and, and the – mid to upper or the the upper 80s low 90s so just just crazy good stuff it's just always been about control for him you know and 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 just keeping the walks down and staying you know on the edges of the strike zone and yeah i mean it's a roller coaster ride with a guy like that but if if he figures it out in any way like obviously the stuff is there it's just it's just can he keep in the strike zone i mean that was what was karinchak's problem too and we've seen how good karinchak is when he has his control I, i think moda I don't know if he'd be as good as someone like Karinchak, but he's definitely someone that could be in a big league bullpen at some point. So who have we not talked about? Who's someone you'd like to shine a light on or some interesting players from your perspective uh, in the time you got to spend talking and getting to know players? Yeah, I mean, I think the two that really jump out to me, um, just looking at, well, first I should say, I I bet fans are always wondering how Tyler Freeman is doing. Tyler Freeman is legit. Um, He's a great player, great contact, great speed. I mean, someone that the Indians could could have on the team, you know, if not next year, definitely in 2023. So no need to be worried about him. He should be good to go with that injury, as, as Emily Waldron reported. Uh, he should be good to go for spring training next year. But um, the two that really stuck out to me were, were Trenton Brooks and Alex Call, and, and they've been up in AAA for a while now. Um, much, let me double check uh, how Brooks has been doing. Yeah, Brooks is still doing very solid this year up in AAA. He hasn't been in Akron for a while, but both those guys were, were guys that weren't on anybody's radar, both older prospects, Brooks, uh, you know, 17th round pick back in 2016, 26 years old now, you know, and, and call 27 years old. No one really had, no one had them on their radars and both of them were just absolute studs in their time in Akron and, and have been having some success in Columbus. But, for both of them, it's just been, and really the team, the theme with this whole team was just, is getting on base with walks. I mean, really great eyes at the plate and, uh, and using their power as well in, in a cavernous park. If none of you have been out to Canal Park, it's a big park. So if you're hitting the ball out of that ballpark, there's something legit to your power. So those two, I think were the other ones that really, really surprised me and, and the rest of the writers at IBI um, this season. And they're really interesting too, I believe. I believe they've both been Rule 5 eligible. So those are guys, especially being older, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're not protected. They're, they could easily be taken um, in the uh, Rule 5 draft. I was really unsure about how to to view Brooks. He kind of came out of nowhere. He's one of those yeah. guys 
where I was looking at his stuff, I'm like, okay, I, I don't know what to make of him at all. Uh, so it's interesting, definitely get the report. And call, no matter what happens with him, will be one of the best trades of the Indians last five. I have to play Yonder Alonso. You know, his production was, again, it's, I don't know what happened at Akron. I guess you just say good coaching. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, all the outfielders that broke out, like Gonzalez took a step forward, Call, Benson. It's not like there's some uniform cheating program. Like, let's be honest. That's, yeah. you know, someone out there would accuse, if you're not an Indians fan, that's probably what you're saying. Oh, they're doing this or that. As you said, that is a cavernous park. That park is harder to hit home runs out of than some major league parks are. All the outfielders that have broken out, it is, I think, first and foremost, just a credit to the coaches there and then just the coaching throughout the system. It's it's unbelievable the number of breakouts that happened. And I also think for some of those guys, it speaks to the value of the alt site, those who were able to be there and the coaching that occurred there. But what a job by the coaching staff in Akron. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that'd be, you know, Rugo Sodora is the manager there and Junior Pertansis, the hitting coach. I spoke with a little bit uh, about Oscar Gonzalez. They both, you know, seemingly done a great job with those guys. And I imagine, you know, their time in Arizona, you know, the minor years with with the the developmental staff, you know, really paid off for them as well. No, it's been, like I said, it's been a lot of fun. That team is so interesting. You know, we we talked a little Cody Morris last time, so we don't have to get into that. And we have had the, before we go, I, I guess my final player I'll ask about it is lo- the second Logan Allen, Logan Allen, the younger yeah. Logan T Allen. You got a chance to see him a little bit. He gets drafted in 2020s and double A by 2021 people, uh, you know, when I signed about Cody Morris could conceivably, cause he has to be added to the 40 man pitch in the big leagues this year and next year. And people are like, that's awful quick. I'm like, that's nothing. Look at, look at the pace Logan Allen's at. He was a guy all off season. People were like, he's my favorite kind of not top 10 prospect for them he might be a top 10 now it's going to be hard at such a deep system, but Logan Allen, what has been the, the impression with him and the overall. Yeah. I mean, just, just a super mature starter. I mean, just, he knows how to pitch. And I think that's really all it is there. You know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of things to like from him as a left-hander, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's funny you mentioned Cody having a shot to make the roster the end of the season. I think, there was a scenario where Logan T. Allen might have been the next man up with how many injuries this uh, this Indians team was facing, which would have been just absolutely wild. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I only saw him, you know, a little bit. He got added there uh, a little late, didn't pitch much at home here early on. But he's just been someone who uh, I think is just a mature arm and, and, and he's going he's gonna to move through the uh, system really quick and definitely could be in AAA uh, this coming season for sure. It's nice after the early season of being just – devoid up there to have that mm-hmm. well that's kind of our show we've, we've hit the time caleb where can everybody yeah guys uh make sure to follow first off make sure to follow at locked on indians on twitter you know want to hear your thoughts whenever we tweet out at you guys about the podcast things like that you know love to have you know your questions stuff like that on the podcast as well and, and then you can find me at caleb phillips eight uh won't have as much indians or akron rubberducks content as much now as, uh, as i'm moving out to pa for a job but uh you know, I'm always happy to, to talk about minor league baseball with anyone who, who wants to. So you can find me at Caleb Phillips 8. That's one Alan Phillips. And then make sure to file, follow uh, Lockdown Indians Twitter at Lockdown Indians. I want to thank everyone for listening, rating and reviewing. Uh, or if you're watching over at WKYC, thank you. And uh, check out the uh, audio form. That is also helpful to us if you're enjoying all this content. That's that's it for today. Give my thanks to Caleb. Give my thanks to everyone listening. Say, for the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians.